It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. So take a seat at the table and join the conversation as we discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology and song selection. And now it's time for the show. Hey, worship is, <laughs> we got our intro back yeah. in the live version. Thank you for uh, managing that for us. Episode 212. <laughs> I like that's got a nice groove to it. But you it can't did, sit still did, to that. Yeah. No, it's much cooler than the actual show. The intro is so much cooler <laughs> than, than the two middle-aged white guys <laughs> having the conversation. Right, right. Yeah. When is your birthday, by the way? A completely random topic. August tenth. So a few, two weeks away or so. And are you? Do you have a milestone this year? That was last year. Turned forty last year. So I'll, I'll right. be in my forties. Yeah. This year. Congratulations. Yeah. This Thank year, you. uh, so two days from now, I will be officially 50. And 50. 50. Yeah. And for those who are watching, uh, you can see, you know, yeah, <laughs> your, your beard has color and mine no. has, it looks like I ha I ate a piece of chocolate cake and didn't wash my face very well. <laughs> when it uh, when it grows out, there's quite a bit of gray in there. When I when I keep it short, it's harder to see. So, Understood. yeah. Well, that yeah. was just a, a side a side thing. But uh, been a couple of weeks. I've been super busy, so I I kept I kept putting us off. So uh, sorry about that. Hopefully, oh, I was a fault. It was my fault the week before that because we left on a on a trip kind of last minute. So that's right. That's right. We're we're equal. Equal offenders, equal opportunity offenders. Yeah, well, and and uh, it's just nice to have the episodes going up and the opportunity to chat on a regular basis. I hope people are appreciating it. You know, our our conversations have been uh, as maybe as appropriate, kind of focused on uh, current events with some practical stuff going in there. And kind of on that note, one of our regular things that we've been talking about is how's live church going or how is remote church going and uh, any improvements over the past few weeks since we last chatted? Um, well, it depends on your on your definition of improvement. Okay. We, uh, so yeah, we're live um, this last Sunday or Saturday. I spent the day. Um, sorry for the air conditioning noise in the background. By the way, I don't know if you can hear that, but it's too hot today to keep the uh, keep it off. I'll take it out and post. So okay. <laughs> Um, but so everything had been, you know, temporarily set up in our sanctuary. Everything was on a cart. And so I was getting everything permanently set up in the sound booth and spent, you know, while well, I was here until about seven fifteen on Saturday evening, getting it all set up, had it all working. Everything was going fine, but I didn't, I didn't check. I didn't do a test live stream and, um, but I, but everything was set up the way it had been set up. Oh yeah. So I'm just assuming everything's going to be just fine. Um, and then we start we get we start streaming about five minutes before, and I go to check the audio, and there's just static. Yeah. And I, I, we've never had just we've never had that problem before. It's a totally brand new problem. 
And, um, I traced, you know, I was trying to trace it as fast as I could, but we were, it was time to start the service. And so I rerouted things. So then the audio feed was just coming out of the tape out on the board, going into the, uh, into the, uh, black magic mini, which what a horrible name for all these products that churches are using. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I was able to get it, but it was just totally distorted. Sounds horrible. Just an awful sound uh, for yesterday's mix. And so I spent the afternoon yesterday tra tracing it down. And it turns out it's in our, our Blackmagic switcher. It's just all the audio coming through there has got static on it. So there's some kind of flaw. Uh, I don't know. I noticed when I, when I, uh, I was, we had been controlling it from an iMac the switcher and then we moved i was trying to move that to control it from a, uh, a mac mini when i when i tried to control it from that all of the all of the buttons and lights on the switcher just started freaking out wow. so um i'm guessing something something must have gotten fried in there so there's some kind of flaw interesting well we yeah. were just talking before we started recording about issues with microphones working on one device and not another and it makes me wonder if there's uh like an amperage issue where there's not enough power or too much power coming out of some uh, usb um, yeah i don't i i so i ran the audio i ran the audio like into the camera like we normally did tried a couple of different camera inputs, same thing. And then I re I went around all the cameras and went in through the XLR inputs on the device on the switcher and the exact same problem. So I don't know. I, I, I checked every possible thing I could think of to see why it was doing that. But so I think we have a bad unit. I think <laughs> that's why uh, I'm going to get on support with those guys today. Yeah. You know, that's, it's interesting because we, uh, we did our first live service Two weeks ago, oh yeah, and uh, it it we so started, that's something new. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, I know. It started. We started a few minutes late because we, as we were going live, we realized because we use a Mevo device that you have to, you can't do two uh, feed into to two simultaneous places unless you are connected through a Vimeo account. And so we were, you know, we went live. I said, let's start ten minutes early. We'll just show the empty stage with some slides going. We'll just mm -hmm. do that just so we know we're live and people right. can just deal with looking at the slides just like they would if they were sitting in the sanctuary exact service. And then they were like, wait a minute, it's not broadcasting to YouTube. It's only going to Facebook. And a lot of people don't have Facebook accounts. So I'm like, okay, give me a second. Ran up on the stage and said, hey, folks, here's what the situation is. For those of you on Facebook, we're just going to we're going to go offline. We'll come back because there's whatever, blah 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 blah. Went off, set up the Vimeo account, got going. That was kind of the major kind of the only real snafu. Other than I started a song and realized that I couldn't. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but there are certain songs where if I don't take a moment before the song starts, that I won't get the starting pitch right. Yep. <laughs> and in this case, it's a great song by Fike. I don't know if you know Fike. They haven't done... They haven't, yeah, Richie I remember Fike. you interviewing him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I've interviewed Richie a couple of times. His wife's name's Dana. Gosh, she's got a, a wonderful voice. And there's a song called Glorious You Are. It's, you know, 10 years old or something like that. Father, you know, this, this, I can get the first note right away. But as soon as I start playing the chords, it's indistinct. It's like, uh, and then I start to sing it and realize. So I, I false started twice and said, hey, guys, I got an idea. 
We're live. Let's go on to the next song. Let's just not worry about this one. <laughs> I just gave up. If I have a if I have a team member there on the worship team, I can say, "Hey, um, Deb, why don't you start this song?" You know. Oh, hey, we got a phone call. It's the bat phone. Let's find out what's going on. Just a second. Yeah. <laughs> They weren't there when I when I answered. So yeah. Well, speaking of going live, I mean, these are the things that happen. And um, <laughs> once you know, I think once we kind of embrace the idea that, hey, services are live all the time. Uh, that it's like if something goes wrong, what would you normally do? The the difference is is we brought in a bunch of volunteers this week to train them on stuff and their eyes were kind of open to holy cow these are all the different things you guys are trying to manage to pull this off and there was an appreciation yeah. for what we've Good. been working on and Good. i tell you what there's a lot of thank you thank you for acknowledging that this has been really hard <laughs> uh yeah and then um we had our first live parishioner <laughs> Uh, parishioner, that's my Catholic upbringing coming in, member <laughs> congregant, Elsie, um, who hasn't seen a service in four months because she doesn't have the technology for it. Uh, and it was to have about 10 people in the room, which is about seven more than we normally have. It was like, wow, there were people to respond, people who are worshiping. Right. Right. Gosh, I forgot what a difference that makes to have people there. Uh, so it's it's been going well. The only thing we haven't got is Mevo does not make it easy to get lyrics in. Um, and so we will um, trying to uh, uh, if you're familiar with OBS, it's a. Mm -hmm. a, a yeah, we use that for a while. Um, yeah, it's pretty solid software. There is a hack that allows you to get your Mevo signal into that. So I've been tasked with figuring out how to make that work so we can go to OBS and then use the Mevo camera as our primary on that. But yeah, man, so many moving pieces right, on, right. on that stuff. I hope people are hanging in and they're learning. And uh, I just want to encourage people to document. <laughs> if you discover something write it down because i guarantee you um like when we started using dmx lights i don't know if you guys use dmx lights we're getting ready to yeah that's it we'll definitely chat about that that was yeah. something new and then we had to change our lights and i hadn't had to touch them because we had everything programmed and then somebody came in and started messing with them and um, i had to go back and find all the documentation and relearn that but i had right. documented everything what all the settings were, what all the addresses of each each fixture. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm not an OCD person. I am not a detail person, but right, I am right. respectful and fearful of technology that I only kind <laughs> of understand. So if you get something, write it down. So anyway, that's, that's kind of our update um, on our side. Yeah. Well, that's what, see, I, I haven't done any of that through this whole process. And that's part of why, part of what the problem has been is that um, right now, the only, the only place most of the, uh, the uh, infrastructure layout lives is in my head. And so it's like, I guess I'm kind of the one that's doing this for now. Um, but eventually once, once we, once my goal is once we have a, a, a system that's working pretty 
pretty well. My, I want to get it so that it works fairly simply for volunteers so that it's not, you have to know, like you don't have to know a lot about streaming to be able to come in and start streaming the service. Yeah. It's just do ABC and you're, and you're on. And so when we get to that point, then I think I'll be able to document everything and get, get, get the flow, everything laid out. So if there is a problem, people can trace the signal and do all that stuff. But cool. yeah, it is incredibly, I was like this Sunday, when you know trying to get back to a a live a, a more live service with worship and worship team and people in the room and and interaction with people in the room and and online and then still having all of the you know the exact same level of complexity that you have with trying to just stream a service right. and then adding all of the complexity of a normal in-person live service and trying to bring those two together. It's just, you know, it's, it almost fries your brain. It you hurts know, just... your head. It hurts <laughs> your head. Well, we started talking about documentation, documentation a couple of weeks ago. And one of the team members said, um, rather than try to write all this down, what if we come in with a camera phone and we just talk people through it, make videos. So when somebody is starting up, we can say, here's the link to the video, watch the video. Mm -hmm. So you have a general understanding. And when you come in, watch the video again on your camera phone, on your camera or not camera on your phone. Uh, and, and I'm like, that'll take a lot less time. Um, and maybe we'll be able to impart more. So right. that's, you know, I, I tend, I think that's faster. Uh, though when it, I tend to be, I like to watch the video, read the documentation. I always like to know that there's a comprehensive documentation that I can go right. to and say, what about this little bit of minutia? What about, mm -hmm. you know, what about that? Anyway. Yeah. One, one note I think would be, might be helpful to some small church people like us is, um, so one of the things that we've never we haven't had a good solution for so far is mixing the online mm -hmm. audio feed yeah and we haven't you know we have one guy one volunteer doing all the tech stuff right now so he's handling the lyrics and he's handling the live streaming and the live sound yeah and so there's just no way he he has the ability the capacity no one could i i don't think i could do it you know and um to do the mixing and so you know and you know he's doing the video switching and all of that and so i what i did was i got a splitter for the aux for my my in-ear aux send got two quarter inch splitters and i'm sending that to facebook and the only problem i had was i couldn't i wouldn't be able to hear the click track in there because you don't want that going out to facebook so our headphone app has an aux input on it uh for for the headphones so i'm bringing a third aux into my headphone mix just on my on my headphone amp so my mix my in-ear mix is what's going out to facebook so at least there's there's some some kind of you know you know balance being made for it and um it's not going to be perfect because i'm playing and singing and trying to mix but it's better than just you know setting it at the beginning of the service and hoping it works out right right <laughs> that's where we're, we a couple of weeks ago uh, i showed you guys the irig device that mm -hmm. we have come so we've got a um, an aux um, coming out of our board going into the irig which then is going into our um, ipad which is running the mevo but we mm -hmm. we have that aux coming out and then we have um, 
we have a set it and forget it for the room. Uh, and then there's a guy just running the ox levels. He's, so he's not trying to do the room levels, um, or, you know, for Elsie, cause she was the only non-participant volunteer right. or whatever that was there. Um, <laughs> but I think that's probably what we're going to end up doing is just to set it and forget it for the room. And, uh, because especially for me as the worship leader, I sing loud, but I don't necessarily speak loud. So uh, when I start to sing a song, they have to dial back the uh, the gain on that on that channel, right. uh, the signal on that channel. So uh, they're constantly writing that. And then if I'm finger picking at the beginning, you know, I've, I've put a lot of compression on there to try to bring everything kind of up into a general realm and that works most of the time but when i right. hit, uh, when i hit hard on a, a note that's just at the top of my range it's going to be very loud right <laughs> we need to you know yeah. it's like mom on the radio turning the dial down on the commercials because right loud. right <laughs> yeah and that's one good that one good thing um if, if people don't know would be you know like putting some putting some compression and a limiter on your on your aux send that's going out to facebook mm -hmm. just to make sure that there's if there is anything that kind of catches the the sound guy by surprise and and he doesn't have time to catch it it's not going to you know totally distort that for people watching at home so right it's it's bad enough that I'm trying to hit a note that maybe I shouldn't try, but then to have it clipping <laughs> on top of that, you know, <sighs> you know, it's it sounds like a scream from a monster movie or something right. like that. <laughs> no, but then, like us, just everything was clipping on on our service on Sunday for the whole service for Facebook, so oh, it wouldn't man. matter. <laughs> Ugly, uh, and you can't fix that. You can't fix. Nope. That. Yeah. Nope. The joys of digital uh, digital audio. It's uh, it's magic. And then it's a hassle, but yeah, we well, that's the problem when you're the guy up front, you know, if you're up front, I can't really run back in the middle of the service and start adjusting or tweaking things. So it is what it is, but right. Well, but, you had some, you got some new gear that you wanted yeah. to share. They're actually in your ears. They're in my ears. So I haven't had a pair of in ears for years, probably eight years. I've just been using the, the, uh, iPhone, you know, air, AirPods or what? Not the not the wireless ones, but um, and I've tried. I'm sure I have one sitting here somewhere. Tried and tried to find an adapter that will that will take your that will take a stereo you know headphone and then and you can plug your your uh, iPhone earphones into them because you know stereo's TRS right, but the iPhone is TRRS right. And um, none of the adapters I've tried are able to just take the stereo and give me a stereo, you know, you know, sound. And so you have to have it unplugged halfway and you get right. both channels working, but it's mono. Like you're only getting one side. Right. Yep. Um, and so, but I, I wanted a good sounding pair of in-ears, but I didn't want to spend $500 on them like a lot of people do. And so I started searching around on Amazon and I found these that had a good review. I'll, they're, you kind of see, I have to, I have to hide my face to get <laughs> it the, in focus. They're the CCA C10 for if you guys can't see them or if you're listening. Yeah. So, I mean, they look like a pretty, pretty good. Whoops. Well, till then, until you dropped them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're somewhat molded, but they, I mean, they've got a good shape for them. They've got five drivers. 
Um, and so far, the sound I like, um, it's got a good, clean, clear, low end response to it. And I can like, I can hear the, the high static sound of the air conditioner right now in the background. <laughs> <laughs> All so I used them yesterday for the first time uh, with worship and I, I'm pretty pleased with them. So, and they're $40, $40.99. So less than 10% the cost of a, a real high end. Now they're, they're Chinese made. Most of, uh, about half of the writing on, on the box is, is Chinese or Mandarin or whatever it is. So, um, it is what it is, but so far I like them. And then you can, I think, yeah, you can replace the cable. So if the cable goes bad, you can buy a new cable for it and, uh, and just plug it into the earphones. I'm, I'm actually really tempted to just get on Amazon right now and pick up a pair. I don't know other folks, uh, I had um, some decent in-ears. When I say decent, I mean I paid $30 for them. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, as things got shuffled around during the pandemic and equipment got moved hither and yon, they just disappeared. Right. Um, and so I'm kind of, in fact, yesterday I was looking for them because I wanted to play to the click track, which I don't normally do. But, but listening to myself week in and week out, I'm like, my sense of rhythm is not as good as I thought it was. Right. It's right. not that good. Um, and uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to use the click track. I'm going to go ahead and just use the metronome built into my planning center uh, uh, software that allows me, music stand software that I use to reference the chord sheets. And there's a little metronome that'll play whatever you've dialed in and uh, for that particular song. And I thought that'll work for me. And I'm like, couldn't find my headphones. So for $41, I think I'm willing to give that a shot. And so that's just to kind of recap for folks. That's the, um, the CCAC 10. Right. Um, and right. we don't have an affiliate link or anything like on Amazon. But if you're looking for something that, um, that is going, if you're looking, you don't have in ears, you or you can't afford the higher end ones, and you need something. Um, these seem to be a pretty good uh, option, at least based on the your your short time with them. Yeah, I I think they sound I think they sound good. I I mean, I'm sure if I if I a would them with a pair of you know of the uh, what uh, not the West Tone was big for a while, but there's the Portland company. I'm trying to think of their name. That's been pretty big around here. I'm going to uh, see what I can find. Uh, custom? Oh, 64 audio? Yeah, 64. Um, I'm sure if I beat them with those, uh, you know, probably probably be able to hear a difference. But as long as I can hear things pretty accurately, that's all I care about. I don't need you know super high-end sound in my ears on the Sunday. Wow. I'm not and, that uh, guy. They're low-end. Two drivers are $500. Right. They are gorgeous. <laughs> They are yeah. gorgeous. And yep. if you want to get the good ones that have 18 drivers, 18 drivers, <laughs> it's only $3,000 only. Yeah. So, uh, so like we buy used cars, so I paid $3,400 for our suburban. So I could buy a suburban or I could buy a set of in-ear monitors. Which am I going to go? You know, but the only way that I would ever end up with something like that is like how I ended up with my, my guitar is if somebody took in the congregation, took pity on me and said, Hey, we would like to get you something. Right. Um, you know, that's, you know, and, and it's a, 
that, that's about the only way something like that's ever going to show up right. for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's cool. And I got, I, I'm going to talk about my gear real quick. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll show people, but you won't be able to see it. it it's the, um, it came out earlier this year from Personas. It's called the uh, IO Station 24C. And yeah, uh, so it's a con cool. it's a control surface with preamps. So mm -hmm. it's got uh, the Personas X Max preamps, which are pretty nice. That's yeah. what, that's kind of their high end. So you got a ton of gain that's available on that. Really good, clean sound, um, and it has a motorized uh, fader on it uh, just one but mm. um it is a little startling because i'm not used to that when i when i'm using it and i arm a channel and all of a sudden it goes right and it just starts right. like what what ghost is in this machine um now i bought it and the lights are pretty and it's got lots of cool buttons uh i i don't know that i'm the right audience for this yet um, I do, for those of you who don't know, I do a lot of, I do some voiceover and I do audiobook narration and uh, editing and mastering and stuff like that. So I haven't really explored it that much in terms of how it will help me with that kind of stuff. However, if you are like, um, if you do some music production or you're, um, you know, you're working on like a podcast for your, um, your church service and you're doing some post-production and stuff, um, it it really is seamless and it works with uh, really the most of the the well known DAWs, uh, in, including Pro Tools and Logic and um, Ableton, and it's, so it's already set for that. Yeah, that, that's that's. Um, I, I mentioned to you. I got. I have the. Uh, I have the Behringer, whatever they call it. Yeah, thing. it's a, the control surface essentially. Um, it's got a motorized fader. I'm not. I'm not thrilled with it, so I'm probably going to try to sell it on eBay or Craigslist or something and and get one of these. It does, I mean, the motorized fader is really, really cheap, and it'll sit. <clears throat> I was using it to do some mixing, and when you're using it, at least this time, it was just kind of sitting there like tr you know trembling like it was afraid of being used <laughs> please, please not i'm a little overwhelmed right now if you could just please. not touch me <laughs> so um the buttons on it are okay you know i don't have any problems with with the buttons and it's got a, a, a you know little display on the top of it with time code and all that stuff which is nice but um yeah i, I something something to do a little bit of mixing with and you know I try not to when I'm when I'm doing any recording. I try, you know, I do my best to not have to do any automation on a fader. Um, but sometimes it's just, especially with uh, the coronavirus stuff. You know, people were recording on their phones using, you know, the the headphones for the iPhone. Right, right. And sometimes I was, there was just no way around it. I had to, I had to automate some things and. Um, so yeah, that. But see, the Behringer doesn't have a. Uh, doesn't have a uh, a preamp in it. It's not an interface. Yeah, it's just yeah. the control surface, and so that's pretty cool. Yeah, the reviews on it are good. Uh, it was um, something that uh, folks over at Sweetwater thought I should check out because I coach a lot of people on their voiceover technology, and I wasn't sold on it at first because I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I want. It. I'm going to be able to coach people on how to use a control surface in addition to new recording software um, right but uh i it just i convinced myself that i should i should check it out and the um i think one of the things that i would i struggle with is that 
I only have so much real estate on a desk mm-hmm. that I can, you know, that, that I can make use of with the mouse and the keyboard. And then I also have, um, uh, the contour shuttle, if you're familiar with those. Mm-mm. Oh, it's like a mouse. Uh, for those of you who can't see, it's called a, the, the Shuttle Express is the one I have. They have some bigger ones, but it looks like that. Uh-huh. Um, and it uh, allows you to, it's great for video production to scroll through your video, scroll through your audio, and then you can set up macros and commands. Um, so when I'm doing editing, I've got that set up. And um, they're, you know, you can get them for 50 to 100 bucks. Uh, so I have that. And then if I put the control service in front of my station, I really have no place to set a Diet Coke. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's very important. Yeah, so that's incredible. Yeah. Got to have the, gotta have the uh, therapeutic beverage at, at, at hand at all times. That's right. So I need to kind of figure out how I want to use that, but I'll report back. Um, the cost on it's right around 300 bucks, which um, when you consider getting, um, getting a, a, a decent audio interface um, is a minimum if you're getting like a Scarlett 2i2 or an audio box or something like that, you're looking at about 150 to $200. Then you right. add the control surface in, then that's added. And because it's Personas, they throw in um, their, their DAW uh, Studio One. Uh, version 5 just came out and it's very capable software and it's competing with Pro Tools and some of the other folks. Um, I use it. That's my primary DAW, but it comes bundled with that for free, which is normally a hundred bucks. So yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that sometime because I'm not real familiar with it. But I was trying to get into it a little bit because uh, it came with uh, the PreSonus thing I just got, and but it's not as intuitive to me as Pro Tools is. And I've been using Pro Tools for like twelve right, or thirteen right. years, so <laughs> definitely a learning curve along with that. Now I don't know how that it, so a lot of what we've been talking about. I I just all of a sudden it dawned on me for people who are on the worship team. Is there a connection that we can make between two guys <laughs> who like gear and what they're going to take from our conversation on this? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the world we live in right now. Unfortunately, is um, but at the same time, maybe fortunately, um, it's a lot more work. But at at the at the same time, you're ending up you know you're putting out something a little more polished. I think um, in the end, hopefully, you're a little, or we're getting there. We're trying to get to a point where we're putting out more something where the where the quality of the content itself is not going to detract from the actual content. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you have to be able to I mean, you have to get I mean, it's just to be honest, I hate it. Um you know, like the for the first <clears throat> I had to stop looking at any other church's live stream mm-hmm. after 3 or 4 weeks uh of the pandemic cuz I was watching I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's cool." I was like, "Oh, Oh, that, that could never, we could never, we can't do, there's no, right. that's just how, how in the world? It's like, and then you just kind of going down this road. It's like, man, give us a chance. Give us a, yeah. <laughs> Got to give us little guys a shot here. There's just no way to keep up with, you know, you you, you know, you've got, you've got a bigger budget for your, for your audio video system in a year than we have for a whole church in a year. That's right. and, um, <laughs> it's hard. Uh, yeah. It's really hard. Uh, and and a, a church that I used to attend and still have good connections with, they've just been doing everything by Zoom. And then there was a part of me going, that seems really easy. 
Right. Why haven't we just been doing ours by Zoom? <laughs> and I and I know why because Zoom is great when you ne- when you don't intend to take it. And we're by the way we're recording this on Zoom, right um, right now. But when you don't intend to take it beyond its immediate need, Zoom is great. It's easy. Right. You people can dial in. Your pastor can do the sermon. Your worship leader can lead worship. Uh, just as long as everybody else mutes their microphones, because otherwise it's going to be way off. Uh, but when you right, really right. want to do that beyond, you you have to take it a step farther um, f- from that. So yeah, um, we could we couldn't really get our people in our church to use Zoom, and I think part of it was they just didn't want to be on camera. Uh, you know, if it was audio only, I, you know, and we did a few, like, you know, we did several prayer nights and stuff like that on zoom and no one would come on video that just had to leave their video off. And, um, but yeah, it's, I know several churches who did that. Some, some people use zoom, others had their own, you know, uh, app that they were using a church down the street and they have an app. I can't remember what it's called, but they've done all their services there, but there's not really a public you know, portal for that. It's all private for the people in the church. And so one of the reasons we didn't do that is because, you know, our service traditionally has been our primary connection point with visitors and people outside the church. And so we didn't want to do something that's totally closed off from anyone outside the church being able to connect with us. And so that's why we've been on Facebook the whole time. You know, that is, that's an amazing point. It's, and it's hugely important that, yeah, that, when you're communicating with just an internal group of people, you're really not fulfilling the commission. Uh, and as a matter of illustration, one of the people that was volunteering uh, uh, yesterday for our service is someone that I'd never met before because she only started to attend through our service being publicly presented. Wow. And, and, uh, if if all we were doing was Zoom and all we were doing was this in kind of this insular stuff, there's a lot of people that aren't we're not going to connect with. In fact, you know our our attendance is as a church is physically before the pandemic was seventy to eighty people. We get about five hundred for our online stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know I don't know why. I, uh, but, um, it's really tells me that if, if, uh, and, and hopefully that's a good illustration that if all we were doing was communicating to the people within, we have to feed our own people, but that we would miss on this opportunity to reach people that are really searching right now, right. whether they're Christ followers or whether they're seekers or don't know Christ at all, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think you would probably get some pushback back and, and maybe a little bit rightly so um but at the same time and but so let me just quickly break it down what um so you know fulfilling the great commission should be the role of every individual believer right it shouldn't be on on the church as an organization so that really you know maybe that shouldn't be a part of our thinking but on the flip side of that as a church as in the country we have not we have we have highly promoted the service as the primary evangelistic tool uh, available to the church for about four 40 years now. And so we have, we haven't really pushed hard on people to be personal uh, disciple makers like they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, theoretically we shouldn't, we shouldn't be dependent on a service, but practically, pragmatically speaking, that's what, what all our people have ever known for two generations. And so we're, you know, 
we're kind of stuck in this uh, in between where we need to train people to be disciple makers in their day to day life. But at the same time, if we don't, if we don't keep doing what we've been doing, uh, are we going to reach anybody new? So, right. That's the pastor and me talking, but no, I appreciate that. No, I think that's, that's a good point for me to hear as well. It's something that I try to promote at my services uh, as a worship leader is to let people know about connecting with people on a relational level, not on, as a salesperson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that it's not just reaching people who walk in the door on a given Sunday. You know, uh, it's a lot easier to sell something to somebody that's already in your store. Uh, but how do you get people to come to the store to begin right, with? Right, and right. That's a strange analogy, but. Especially in this cultural climate. Um, right. I think that's going to be a lot, a lot more difficult moving forward to get people to just come check you out. So again, the importance of an online service, you know, people, people are going to check you out online and, and the better, better quality you can make that experience for those people, the better the likelihood that they're going to show up at your church and start volunteering, <laughs> you know, 10 or 12 weeks later. So that's really cool. All right. Well, you know, we were going to talk about loops and I realized we've been talking for about 40 minutes now. <laughs> and so is it okay if we push loops to the next episode? Yeah. Okay. Cause here's what I really love to do. I would really love it to be practical because if we could maybe pick a song mm-hmm. and you could walk us through kind of the practical creation of loops for a song, what does that look like to build that and maybe follow that up with, if need be, with how do you incorporate that into your service? Like practically speaking, how does that um, make it in? That, cause that's something I don't fully understand. I have a lot of software. I have a lot of knowledge, but I get kind of stuck in, well, how, how would I make this work? How do I not offend other people in my worship team? Cause I'm not trying to replace them. I'm just trying to fill out the sound. Right. And, uh, and then on Sunday, how do I make sure that it plays mm-hmm. when I want it to? That is one of the features of studio One five is they do have they call them shows, um, yeah. like Ableton Live. So you, you have the ability to create these songs, but I just don't know how that works. And I've been trying to learn so many things that I'm scared to try <laughs> to add one more where right. it's just me and the stakeholders aren't the pastor and you know right. the children's ministry leader. So uh, do you think that's something we could do? If we threw a song out there, we could play with it? Yeah. Yep, we can do that. Um, and I'll give me, uh, see, I, we haven't yet, we've been talking about it. We have the tracks from some of the songs we did during the, when we were completely online. Um, and we've been talking about bringing those tracks into a multi-track and playing to ourselves. <laughs> you oh, know? Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, if I can figure it out, and I'm, I know there's a way to do it. I just don't know if I have time in the near future to figure it out. But it's like, it'd be kind of cool if we had the video up on the screen of us playing all these other instruments, playing to ourselves, <laughs> what we did. Very meta, that yeah. one. Very meta, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if we can do that. But yeah, that would be just kind of do a little bit of a tutorial. I, I, yeah, I'd love that. And then maybe I can follow along. Maybe we can share the screen and if that's possible, which I know it is possible. But yeah. um, And then maybe I can figure out how that translates to Studio One. And you're a Pro Tools person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I think if we just get the, the basic concepts down, that'll be super helpful. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was, I watched there, I watched PreSonus's, you know, mm -hmm. video about studio about five and the, and they were talking about that. I was like, man, that's one of the reasons I was thinking I should try to learn this because pro tools doesn't have anything like that yet. Maybe they will, but um, it would be, it would be really nice to have built into your DAW. You do all the recording there and then all you have to do is switch modes, right? From what I understand, you switch over to a different mode and then now you've got this live setup where you can play to the tracks that you've already recorded in a live setting. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't done it yet because I can't even, um, I'm not adept enough at creating tracks. Right. So, I mean, or I'm too lazy. So there's part of it. It's like, <laughs> because the new version, I went ahead and paid for persona sphere, which is I think $15 a month and you get studio one professional, uh, as well as tons of instruments and drum loops and all this stuff. And I'm not a subscription person, but uh, I just decided that I could make use of that. And I'm kind of all in on that anyway. But if right. I could create, you know, some loops that then I could transfer over to the show side of things, that would be really intriguing to be able to, especially with me, with my as rhythmically challenged as I have discovered that I am, that it would be cool to, you know, to have to lay in some pads and mm -hmm. some um, uh, and some some rhythm that I could uh, that I could work with as long. And I need the discipline anyway. Right. As, as the, my, the, the audio uh, visual technicians are you know, running the, the slides, I would say is, yeah, I don't know where the spirit's going to lead you, but I do know if I have to use a loop that that's probably not going to work for me. <laughs> kind of tied into that. Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, I've never done it, but I know a lot of churches do where you can actually trigger your lyrics with, with a lot of these things. And so you could actually crazy. Yeah. So, and your lights like pro presenter, you can use, you could, you can trigger pro presenter. And I know pro presenter can also trigger your lights. So you could just have the whole thing synced up to a track and, and not, not even need a volunteer anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's make sure we alienate all our volunteers. Yeah. Let's just kick them all out. They, yeah. Forget that's, it. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for episode 12 then, unless you got anything yeah. else you want to share. Nope. All right. Well, folks, thanks right. for hanging with us today and uh, we'll catch you next episode when I promise we will talk loops. In the meantime, stay well. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us once again on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And make sure to add your voice to the conversation. You can find us at twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. On Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop us a note.